to Stories Matter, the podcast created to provide a safe space and a platform to tell our stories. Our stories are unique, and we should own them, embrace them, and share them. Our stories are not a thing in the past. They're part of our experiences that continuously shape and influence our reality. I am your host, Emily Francis. And I hope you find a story here that connects with yours, because stories matter. Hi, and welcome to Stories Matter. I am your host, Emily Francis. Thank you for joining us today for episode two. And I hope you find today's story inspiring. If you do, Please share with others. I'd love to connect with others who share similar stories as mine and other stories that will be shared in the coming weeks. So for episode two, I want to share with you my English language learner experience. My experience here in the United States as a student. If you missed episode one, please go back and tune in. In episode one, I share my immigrant journey from Guatemala to the United States. Here in episode two, we pick up on January 23rd, 1994, the day we walk out of the airport in New York City. They pick us up and they take us over to see my mother. Of course, you can only imagine that moment. Tears of joy, happiness, hugs, kisses. Finally, after two years, we were all together. We never thought that day was gonna happen. But everything was put in place and it worked out perfectly. My mother took us over to where we were going to stay. And it was in my, my grandmother's house. She owns a house in Floral Park, New York. Huge house in a corner of Hillside Avenue. We pulled up and I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw her big house. She gave us a place to stay in a basement, a cozy little place for us six. It wasn't that big, but it was big enough to place some mattresses, a couch, a TV. It was just enough for us to start our new journey here in the United States. That evening, we spent I believe all night talking and making plans about our future. We were going to go to school. We were going to be successful. We were going to take advantage of this amazing country and opportunities. We were so motivated and excited. I knew that this country offers opportunities for education and I wasn't going to have to go to the market to sell oranges anymore. 
I was still gonna have to be at home and help with my siblings because my mother had to work and of course my job as an oldest sister will have to continue but it was different environment we were with my mother and that made a huge difference so the very next day they drive us over to my new school Martin Van Buren High School remember I told you I was 15 years old and I had just completed the sixth grade so it was a little shocking for me that instead of enrolling me in a seventh grade they were jumping me all the way to the ninth grade in high school I didn't want to ask any questions but they did say because I was 15 years old I had to attend high school I was very excited when I walked in that building shiny floors clear windows very well dressed receptionist we completed the enrollment process and I remember them giving me my schedule and walking me through where my classes were gonna be I noticed on my schedule that I had several ESL classes or teaching or English as a second language courses and at first I thought it was fine because of course I did not speak English and they wanted to make sure that I learned the language before I started taking other classes that I needed for graduation by the time I started school it was already halfway in the year so I really only had half year in ninth grade I was able to find my way around I didn't have any trouble finding my classes found the lunchroom the school gave me lunch tickets and I thought it was just so amazing how the school was providing free meals I was able to give free breakfast free lunch and I even had friends who didn't like the school lunch so they will either throw away the tickets or share them out and I will take them and go back in the lunch line and get more food it was just super awesome to be able to getting free good food to me they also handed me a bus card so with that card I was able to pay my fee to and from school when I was taking the bus I was just in awe of all the resources that the school was providing. The very first days of school, I missed a lot of school for several reasons. One, of course, was the immigration process. The paperwork process was taking time. So we had to go to court, the courthouse a lot and attend lawyers appointments and fingerprint appointments and all the process that it takes to get our documentation that we had started when we were released at the airport the other reason we missed a lot of school was for physicals and immunization requirements and of course we did not have health insurance 
So my mother had to find clinics that would offer free services for us to get what was required from the schools. Another reason I was missing school too was for dental services. The 15 years that I lived in Guatemala, not once I visited a dentist. So you can probably imagine how many cavities I had. I had my teeth out of place and I was very embarrassed to even smile because my front teeth were out of order and it was just not comfortable for me to show my teeth. I needed dental service and this country offered that possibility for me to get my teeth fixed. The university in New York offered services from students who are learning to be dentists and they do dental services for free and I missed school a lot to be able to get my teeth worked on. I got my braces and today I can really smile with a lot of confidence because my teeth got fixed. And um, But back in school, the very first days, of course, it was difficult because I didn't know anyone and didn't know the language, but it's New York City. A lot of the kids in New York speak different languages and of course I was able to find friends who were from Colombia, Venezuela, Chile and I was able to ask questions if I needed and they were able to help me out. Since I had several ESL classes, all of us were on the same circumstances. We were all learning English and the way we were learning English, it is not the way I know today that it should be taught, but we had textbooks and I remember the teacher saying, open your textbook to page 37, first sentence, I like chicken, and then substitute the word chicken for another word, I like broccoli, I like so and so, and that's the way we used to practice English. several times I had to be embarrassed so they made me read one of the sentences and instead of saying I like chicken I ended up saying I like kitchen and everybody started laughing of course one of the first embarrassments little by little they started giving me courses that would apply for graduation such as history and economics and when I entered this classroom so mathematics was one of those classes too I of course I didn't understand anything and I really wanted to understand what was happening not one of my teachers spoke Spanish I couldn't communicate with them I didn't understand what was happening the only thing I had to do was literally copy every single thing that a teacher will write on the board and then get home 
and translate of course we did not have google translator back then so it was a dictionary or a thesaurus and translate word by word just to have a little idea of what what was happening in the classroom and if I needed to complete any assignments, then I will write them in Spanish and then use the same dictionaries to translate back to English to be able to submit some assignments. Of course, some of the assignments I couldn't do. I do remember being made fun of by a teacher who demanded the work. And when I said that I couldn't do it, that I didn't know he turned around and made some foolish words and fun of me and everybody started laughing and of course I wish I knew what was happening and I didn't want to feel like that anymore I didn't want to feel ignorant I didn't want to feel that I wasn't able to do work I knew how to do critical thinking I knew how to do work. I knew how to do presentations. I knew how to read, how to write. I was educated enough to be able to produce some of the work in the classrooms, but I was never given the opportunity to show that I could until I learned the language. The English language was required for me to demonstrate that I could do any thinking at all that I deserve to take part of the engagement process. So I started working as hard as I could, watching shows, Ellen DeGeneres, Friends was one of the ones I just started. I would watch TV, I would write down stuff when people were talking, I would rewrite it in Spanish and English and translate. I would attend very early classes, I attended evening courses too. My grandmother enrolled me at a local community college that was offering English courses and I took a couple of courses there. I started neglecting my own language and I started noticing that there was no room for my own culture at the school where I was attending. There were no flags that were representing our countries. There was nothing in the classrooms that will validate my existence and my culture. So in my idea, in my head, and the message that I was receiving was, you need to put your culture aside and you need to put your language aside and culturate into the American culture and learn the language. That is the only way you can be successful. No one really told me those words. But that is the message that I received from teachers and the building atmosphere itself. The culture that I felt in the building was get Americanized or you're not going to make it. In about a year and a half, I remember my halfway into my junior year, I was able to place out of ESL. I had learned and acquired enough English language to prove that I didn't need the ESL classes anymore. So instead of taking the ESL classes, I started taking more core courses that would give me credits for graduation. Back then I needed 42 credits to graduate. 
I started embracing the library. I remember I would eat my lunch very quickly and run over to the library to get books, to get dictionaries, to get any resources that I can get my hands on. I started losing myself in text and knowledge to be able to make it. I wanted to finish high school. I wanted to get my diploma. I wanted to prove that I can do it. I owe it to my mother and her sacrifice. And at the same time that I was balancing school and trying to build my identity here in the United States as a student, I was also having to fulfill responsibilities at home. So as soon as I get home, my sisters and my brother was home and I would have to cook dinner. They had already started school too, some in middle school, some in elementary school, and I had to help with homework and snacks and anything that was needed to do, showers and help them out before my mom gets home. In August, that same year, 1994, I turned 16, which I was old enough to start working. So the local supermarket gave me a job and I started working as a bagger and helping on the shelves. And I was able to start using some of the English that I was learning, so that helped me. So here am I, a 16, 17 year old balancing home responsibilities, student responsibilities, and I was also trying to balance a part-time job to be able to help my mom with some bills. It was a lot going through my head, a lot of struggles too. I do remember one time walking by the guidance counselors and when I saw the word counselor, it made me think of consejero. To me, a consejero, a counselor, is someone that can help you when you have troubles, when you are overwhelmed and stressed. And I longed to go in there and talk to these guidance counselors and tell them my situation and how is it that I can be helped to be more successful. But I couldn't do it. I felt like I had to continue doing this on my own. And by 1997, I even took my picture with cap and gown ready for graduation. That was my last year at Martin Van Buren. I remember walking the hallways and there were signs of senior trips. I had no idea what that was. Prom? I didn't know what that was. No one took time to tell me what that was all about. I didn't know what a prom was. I didn't know what a senior field trip was. All I knew that it was that the senior year was my last year and I was gonna be able to get my diploma so I can attend college. So after the school year's over, they administer the regents exam for each subject. And I remember passing, there was a reading, there was a writing requirement. There were so many required tests and I remember passing them and being all excited when they gave me my scores and I passed. 
But and then they administer the American history exam and I failed that test. I thought maybe I failed the test because I took it in English and I didn't understand enough to be able to answer the question. So they offered it to me in Spanish and took it in Spanish thinking that if I take it in my language, then maybe I can answer more questions and be able to pass it. And I also failed. I was brought into the office and the guidance counselor looks at me and say, Astrid, you are going to have to pass this test in order to get your high school diploma. It doesn't matter if you have learned the language. It doesn't matter if you have 42 credits. You need to pass this test or you cannot get your high school diploma. You have one more chance to take it, and if you don't pass it, then you'll have to wait until next year when the test is administered, and you'll have to take it then so, so you can get your diploma. I took it the next day that the test was administered, and I was not able to pass it again. Guidance counselor gave me a tap on the shoulder and said, well, just come back next year and take the test. She didn't give me any resources, any books, nothing. Just a tap on the shoulder and off you go and come back next year. I remember the difference on how I felt walking out of Martin Van Buren compared to how I felt when I walked in the building. When I walked in the building, I was filled with so much excitement. I could probably jump up and down because I was so looking forward to begin a new journey here in the United States. But the way I walked out for the very last time out of Martin Van Buren was a whole different way. I didn't care if people were looking at me because I was heartbroken. Tears were flowing down, crying. I started feeling a sense of failure that took years to take away from my heart. I walked to the bus stop, got on the bus, and went home. I didn't even explain to my mother what had happened. No one called me from school to check up on me. My, my teachers didn't call me. My ESL teachers didn't call me. Social worker didn't call me. Guidance counselor didn't call me. Principal didn't call me. No one. It was all up to me to decide what was going to happen for the next part of my life. But I felt like I had given 110%. I felt like I had nothing left to give. I felt like I had given it all and nothing was worth it. The sense of failure took over my mind, my heart, my soul. I became part of the Latino high school dropout in 1997. 
and the next day I went over to the manager in the supermarket where I had already started working and asked for a full-time job as a cashier because I was no longer going to attend school. I didn't need to go to school anymore because I had already acquired all my credits for graduation. I wasn't even thinking about going back the next year to take the test. I thought I was done. I needed to start making money. I needed to start helping my family. And a beep for every item I scanned in that grocery was a constant reminder of my failure. A constant reminder of I couldn't accomplish anything that I had done nothing for three years, that I had failed, that I was a failure in itself, and being a cashier was really all I could do. Without a high school diploma, I didn't feel confident to look for any other jobs. I thought about applying for banks, I thought about applying for secretary, but I wasn't confident enough if I failed school how am I going to be working in places like that? Scanning groceries would do, and it did for several years. You see, friends, the key to success is passion and persistence. And I had that as a 15-year-old who started here in the United States. I had a passion, I was persistent, I had showed my passion. I had what it needed to be successful, but no one ever took the time to get to know my potential in the building. I never had anyone come over to ask for my story. Not one teacher knew anything about me. If you would ask one of the teachers what they knew about me was maybe a number, maybe a proficiency of my English, maybe that I was an immigrant and I was Latina. Maybe they knew statistics, but they didn't know my struggles. They didn't know my life. They didn't know my journey. They didn't know the desire and the passion and the dreams I had within me. No one ever took their time to do that. You know, today I will tell my students, don't wait to be invited to tell your story because stories matter. But for so many years, I spent hiding this story I have within me because I didn't think it was important. I didn't think it was valuable enough to share. Our immigrant students bring so much with them. Their language and their culture are assets 
that needs to be noticed and highlighted and displayed all throughout the buildings. If a student walks in our building, in our classrooms, do they see themselves? Do they see that we are validating their existence? Or is our room decorated representing the teacher? Are we offering opportunities for students to engage before they even learn the English language? Are we allowing students to show their potential regardless of the language proficiency? Or are we thinking that they are empty vessels and it's our job to fill them up with knowledge? and English only. You see, my dreams and my life was shattered in millions of pieces and no one cared. Our students need to know that we care and they need to feel it, they need to see it, they need to hear it. Are you taking the time to get to know your students' stories? Of course, my narrative doesn't end like this. And that's the beauty of education. The education allows us to change the narrative. And in episode three, I will share with you how is it that I was able to pick up the pieces and put them back together to create a new narrative. Tune in for episode three and join me as I share with you the power that education has to change a personal narrative. Thank you for joining me. And I hope you come back for episode three. And don't forget that stories matter.